You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. We're in Acts chapter 5. We continue our study in the book of Acts. And as we have gone through this study up to this point, I want you to look right now at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, as we go back to where we started. Now, I want to remind you that there is an outline to follow in the YouVersion app if you choose on your tablet or phone to follow along with that. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus talking to those followers, those believers who had been with him during the days after he rose from the dead. But he left them with that important message before he ascended back to the Father. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. See, this, he was telling them how the church was going to start. The birth of the church. And then when the church began and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 believers who were in that room that day of Pentecost, the church began to move out of those 120. Acts 2 verse 41 tells us on the first day of the church, there were over 3,000 people who responded to the gospel message that Peter brought. 3,000 at one time. Acts 2.47. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Acts 4 verse 4. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men, this is just men who believed, now total 5,000. Not counting the women that believed. Thousands of people were coming to Christ in the early weeks of the church. In Acts 5, verse 14, yet more and more people believed and they were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. So God was building his church in these early days and the Holy Spirit was moving. Now think back to what Jesus said, he was, how he was going to build his church. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 8, Jesus said this, now say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And he was talking about the confession that Peter had just made, that he believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He says, on that rock, that confession, that faith, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The church was on the move, and as we began chapter 5, Satan was going to try to stop it. And Tom talked about this last week in the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But looking back at that verse 3 of of chapter 5, Peter said this to Ananias. Ananias, why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? Why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? Satan couldn't stop Jesus 
from dying on the cross and walking out of that grave. So he's going to try to stop the church in which Jesus built. And so this was the first move of trying to work within the body. To attack from within. And that hasn't stopped even today. Conflict, divisions that take place within a church body, Satan's at the root and core of it all. And I think of what Peter said, when that happens, people have allowed Satan into their heart and they haven't maybe realized it because, but when you think carnally and not spiritually, that's what the, happens, the door is open. So as we begin in verse 12 of chapter 5, we are going to pick up here and we're going to see some important things that have happened. Verse 12, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Commonade or Solomon's Porch as some versions say. It says all the believers... Now, you're talking about thousands by this point. Thousands. They were meeting regularly. You under, do you see what is happening? There is excitement. There is something going on that can't be explained because where they met was outside of the temple. Outside of the temple was an area that would hold thousands of people. These were the believers were going. Many wonders and signs were being done. Now back in chapter 4 and verse 29 and 30, it's a very important thing that happened, a very important statement here about the early Christians. And it's a statement that challenges us. It says here in Acts 4 verses 29 and 30, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. They're talking about being threatened to stop preaching the gospel by the Sanhedrin. But they say here, Lord, hear us. Hear the threats they have made, but give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. The people of the early church were seeing these signs, seeing these miracles being done. But you know what they were praying for? More. Lord, give more. And the reason they prayed for more was so that more people would be saved. The believers were gathering together and they were praying as a body for God to do more. What do you pray for? Do you pray for your family? Do you pray for things to be better in your life, your health to be better? Do you pray for the health of your loved ones to be good? Do you pray? Certainly we do, don't we? And we tend to pray more when things aren't going well. But the example I see right here is they prayed for God to do more 
so that people would see the majesty of God and be drawn to him. Their thoughts were about growing the gospel, spreading the gospel to have people come to Christ. They were praying for the Holy Spirit to move, to move amongst the, the city, to amongst the area so that people will come to know Jesus. Do you pray for God to do more in this church? We need to. We need to pray that God do more. Pour out your spirit and do more. You have blessed us, but God, we want more. We want more people to know about Jesus. Use me, use us to reach the lost. And I hope as you see what is going on in the world right now, it's, a lot of us have lived our lives seeing different wars on television. I grew up during the Vietnam era, and that was on TV every night. But in those days, you only had three channels. It wasn't 24-7 news. But as we go over a 14-year period, we kind of got used to it, unfortunately. And then the Iraq wars and, the, and things going on in Afghanistan. Have we become cold to that? We've gotten so used to seeing conflict that do we grow cold and don't get down on our knees and pray for God to do more for the Christians of Ukraine. To do more. And as we see what is going on, it's the beginning of some prophecy being fulfilled in that part of the world. We still want to pray for more. Because all people haven't come to know Jesus yet. All people haven't come to know Jesus right here in northwest Arkansas. We pray for more that we fill up these seats with people eager to know about Jesus Christ. Pray for more. And the, the part of the verse here that catches my attention also in verse 12 is that all the believers were meeting. All. Why is it so difficult for believers to come together? Because there's always something better to do. There's always something that we'd rather do. And it's about priorities. You see, what the Holy Spirit has been doing with signs and miracles, it was even a great, as great a display to see that many people get together because the Spirit had moved them to do so. Thousands. See, God chose to do these miraculous signs through the hands of the apostles. So the apostles were performing these miracles, and God chose them to work the miracles through their hands. But that was God's way. And he did that to validate that these men were teaching the truth. They were from him. Now verse 13 and 14. But no one else dared to join them even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and they were brought to the Lord crowds of both men and women. No one else joined, dared to join them. There's some people who had doubts. They just heard or made about this deal with Ananias and Sapphira. So, 
Am I ready to make that kind of commitment? They just drug two people out and buried them. This new church stuff. But you had still many that believed and they were brought to the Lord. Verses 15 and 16. What I read in, in verse 14 is these people had a reputation of integrity. They were respected for their faith and their belief. In verse 15, in the, in the results of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow may fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those who, possessed, who were possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Notice the last three words. They, well, four. They were all healed. Everyone they brought to them were healed. They brought the sick into the street. They brought those who were possessed by evil spirits. And the reason they brought them into the street, there wasn't room for all the people inside Solomon's court, inside the temple. There were already thousands of believers there. And they brought the people to the streets because they were convinced that there was something real about this power of healing. The power that was taking place. And they thought if they could just get a glimpse of Peter, if he walked by, his shadow would heal them. See, Peter's shadow provided a point of contact for people to release their faith. You know, what, come, what comes to my mind is something, as I was growing up, at the church that I grew up in, they wouldn't allow a cross to be on the, on the wall because that would be worshiping an idol. But you know what a cross does? like that cross back there. It's a point of contact for people to release their faith. If that's a reminder of what Jesus Christ has done for us, that's what we need to do. Whether it's you wear it as a jewelry, but a point of contact. And that's all these people were looking at Peter as. And it's much like the incident that took place with Jesus back in Luke 8 and Matthew 14, where people were just trying to get so close to Jesus, they would just want to touch his garment. Remember the woman with the issue of blood did that and she was immediately healed. Because it was a point of contact to release their faith. They believed. There was no power in Peter's shadow. There was no power in Jesus' shirt. It was because who it was. And it was the Holy Spirit. The point of contact for people to release their faith. And then we're taught in the New Testament in James chapter 5. He says, verse 14, are you any of you sick, you should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. That's something that we're asked to do in the church. But do we do that? Do we come asking to be anointed with oil? See, there's, there's no power in the oil. Or none. The power is in faith. That God can heal. 
but we come doubting. So we, when you have sickness, when you have disease, it is a point of faith to ask the elders to come pray for you and anoint you with oil. Will you be healed? I don't know. But if you believe, that's, God wants to see your belief in action. Does that make sense? We avoid things that make us uncomfortable. I'm just teaching scripture right here. Reach out for that power of the Holy Spirit. This time was an explosion of apostolic signs and wonders. There were being people healed. There were people delivered from unclean spirits. But this is, here's something I want you to pay attention to. This was not a miracle working church. This was a church with miracles working from the apostles. The apostles were giving specific gifts because they were chosen. Verse 17 and 18. The high priests and the officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Now, side note, Sadducees did not believe in resurrection and they did not believe in angels. And that's important to know because of what's fixing to happen. So they didn't believe in those things. Pharisees believed in resurrection. But you had these two these religious sects that were brought together in the Sanhedrin. So they were filled with jealousy. Some versions say indignation. And they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. They saw the apostles as a threat, just like they saw Jesus as a threat. They saw him as a threat because they had the crowds coming to them. The apostles did, rather than the religious leaders having the crowds come. They were jealous. But here's Satan working again, trying to stop this growth of the church. So they put him in jail in verse 19, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought him out and told them, you need to leave the country. No, that's not what he told them. He told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. And the Lord opened the prison doors. So that they could go back and teach. See, angels were sent. In Hebrews 1 and verse 14, Therefore angels are, are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who inherit salvation. These angels came to minister to these guys and opened the prison door and gave them a message. Go back to the temple and teach the truth. There will be a day that's coming that will be challenged not to teach the truth as a body of believers. We're already are those who think that the truth is unfair and is biased. 
But here's the truth of the matter. The truth is from God. And we're going to present that truth here at this church. No matter what comes down the road, it will be taught the truth here. Verse 21. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told. Told by whom? Angels. And began teaching immediately. So they're out of jail. They come at daybreak. They can't wait to get back and go to preaching again. And when the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assemblies of the elders of Israel. And then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to jail, the men were gone, so they returned to the council and reported. The jail was securely locked and the guards standing outside. When we opened the gates, no one was there. There were still guards on duty and were when the guys opened, uh, when the angels opened the jail doors and they walked out. So here's about boldness. This is what we don't have if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. We don't have the boldness, we don't have the courage, we don't have the endurance of faith unless we have the Spirit dwelling within us. Because they went right back into the fire, so to speak. They went to the most public place they could, and they started teaching Jesus again. Because they had the power of the Holy Spirit with them. That's what we need. That's what we pray for. God to do more. Do more in me for you. Stir the Spirit within me. Fill me up. In verse 24, when the captain of the temple guard and leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men that you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. So the captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. So here's, here's really what's in their hearts. The hearts of the religious leaders were exposed again. And so verse 27, they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. He said in verse 28, we gave you strict orders never to teach in this man's name. He said, instead you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. Persecution is predictable. It's predictable. And Jesus told us we need to anticipate it. Because it'll happen when we stand for him. In different and various degrees. But here Satan is attempting to stop the apostles again through these men. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this man's name. They couldn't even say his name. They wouldn't say the name of Jesus. They couldn't. You just sang a song about how speaking the name of Jesus provides miracles. It provides overcoming strongholds. It provides power. And they couldn't speak it. They refused to speak it. And by calling Jesus this man, they were avoiding him. 
But they couldn't avoid the power of Jesus because it was standing right in front of them in those apostles. The Holy Spirit was right there with them and Jesus' power was there. And they said, you're going to try to pin this man's death on us? Wait a minute. The trial of Jesus in Matthew 27 explains it was them. Meanwhile, the leading priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. They incited the crowd to say those things and all the people yelled back, We will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. They were responsible. But Peter says this, when they say, don't mention this man's name, don't teach in his name, and now you're trying to put this man's death on us. And Peter answered in verse 29, and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in a place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. And he did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins. We are witnesses of such things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. They brought Thuthers right back into their lap and said, Israel needs to repent. The message of Jesus Christ was one of repentance. And the word repent means to turn around and do it a different way. It's a word that we've lost. In modern day churches. Because repent means to give up what you're doing. That was sin. And do your best not to do it anymore. Jesus loves us. And asks us to come to him. But he tells us, before, you can, before I can take you and change you, you've got to repent. Repent. John the Baptist went proclaiming repentance, setting the stage for Jesus to come. Repent from what? From sin. Jesus' message was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. But people don't want to hear about repentance. In verse 33, when the council heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. It wasn't the time. And we'll, in that, the next lesson, we'll get into that. Of It wasn't time to kill them, but that's where their heart was. Because repentance was not anything they wanted to hear about. Because they were right in their heart. Ananias, why have you allowed Satan into your heart? If we feel there's no need for repentance, that question needs to be asked. 
Because Satan has convinced some, convinced some of you. There's no need to repent. There's no need. I love Jesus. Everything's fine. But to li- love Jesus and live like hell is not following Jesus. Repent. And the church, and Paul sums this up in Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16. This is what the church is to do. We're going to speak the truth in love. And everything I've said this morning, I've spoken in love because I care. We're not condemning, but Jesus is the judge and he tells us how we should live. But everything we speak, the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of the body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part does its special work, helping the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. That's why we as a body of believers need to be together. Because God's going to use every one of us with the gifts he has given each one of us. That the whole body, he says each part does, has its own special work. We are all special. We need to pray for more. That, we do more, that God does more through us. That the Holy Spirit works more within us. I'm going to pray as I pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Father, first I pray for our church, this this congregation. Father, I pray for your spirit to move. And Father, I pray for more. I pray that you work through each one of us more. That we accept that role and allow your spirit to take hold in our lives. I pray, Father, for those that are struggling with their faith father i pray they just give their heart up and let you take over and grow our faith father i pray for what's going on in the world you're on the throne and you're in charge father i pray for your people who are suffering because of the war in ukraine i pray for your people and your people that are in Russia. I pray, Father, that you bring comfort and peace to your people. And I pray for an end to this killing. And Father, give us boldness. Give us courage that comes only from you, that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all those around us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. This morning, as we sing, I'm going to ask you to stand. If anyone wants to come up and have prayer, who wants ask for greater faith, who wants just help in life, or is ready to repent, this is the morning to do it as we sing. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship Audio Podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. 
You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.